I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Sanspants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Signs. Signs is a 2002 science fiction horror film written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. It follows Reverend Graham Hess, who, after his wife's death in a freak accident, questions his faith and leaves the church. Six months later, he discovers a gigantic crop circle in his fields. As similar events happen all over the world, Graham's children think it's aliens, his brother thinks it's pranksters, and Graham doesn't know what to think. As more and more strange events occur, he realises something big is coming and it probably won't be friendly. I reckon... Yeah? I love this film with all of my big dumb heart. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. It it is. I so okay. I watched this. I think when I I, I remember first watching this when I was a kid, and yep. my family used to have like Sunday night movie nights. Every Sunday oh, would would get beautiful. a movie, watch a movie. Good times. Some some great childhood memories. And I remember us watching this and being like, oh, it was all magic and like. The, the awesomeness of the reveal at the end, like the swing swing away and the water and everything like that, being blown away mostly by that little nugget. Now watching it fucking a decade later, I'm like, that is the least important part. The rest of it is sterling. It is so good. It's just a story about a family trying to deal with this very real, very global alien invasion. That's the best part of it, yeah. I think, yeah. is that... You've got a, a worldwide, you got this huge scale invasion, and it's just the point of view of this family living on a farm. Because normally you get what the president makes a speech. Yes. We go to every country. We're in a war room. This was just a, it, what I liked was it gave you gives you people who don't have access to all the information. Yeah, good call. I mean, they're pretty clever, and they do have access to some information, but they don't have access to all like the high level stuff that normally happens in an alien invasion yeah. film. But it's it's the kind of information that you would expect, uh, you know, uh, a family. To kind of have yeah. where you've got like maybe the parent who's kind of a bit dismissive of everything and you've got the kid mm. who's gone to the local bookshop and got a book <laughs> on aliens and kind of a lot of their information and what they're thinking is going on is coming from a book yeah. um, crossed with what they see on the news. I fuck, oh, I really do love it. I watched it, I think I would have been 14 or 15 when this was on DVD, which is when I first saw it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I mentioned this in the very first episode we did because... 
I didn't watch a lot of horror movies growing up, and yep. this is loosely a horror, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does have some terrifying scenes in it oh, that are actually pretty high up on like you know list of a hundred scariest scenes of all time and stuff like that. Mm. Like particularly in lists like that, you'll see the party scene where yeah. the, the alien walks out. That 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 got me. Look, I'm now however old, and I was watching it, and it got me. That scene still, yeah. yeah. Like it got me when I was like a teenager and I watched it, and it yeah. was coming up. And I and I know I know what to expect. I know exactly what happens. Yeah. I know the music builds. It's and then beautifully and done. It's still, yeah, I, yeah. I flinched. <laughs> yeah, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't get no, you because yeah. you know it's coming, and they build up to it for about a minute, and you're like, what? Like it just shouldn't oh, work, and it still does. It's, and it's a it's a masterfully made film. I think this is his best made film. I would agree. It's not his necessarily his best mm. film, but in terms of craft, I think this is his oh. best. Cinematically, I think it's his best score. I think it's some of the shot choices, like that final confrontation, the way that they choose to show yeah, most of it yeah. in the reflection of the TV is so good. Like, and you don't, you don't really like. I think there's only two real shots of the of the aliens in light mm. for the most part. Yeah, they're either silhouetted or you just see like a hand or a leg or even even in that fight with them. Um, we're keen at the end. Mm, yeah. mm. Does that great shot where it's from the perspective of the alien getting hit and falling over? Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Well, originally the aliens were actually meant to be, because they can camouflage, they're meant to kind of be a bit invisible, but with like that yep. sort of like watery effect. But basically because the, the SFX back then weren't as good, as well as M. Night Shyamalan generally doesn't like special effects. Yeah. So then he decided, not nah, screw it, we'll we'll go for an actual alien, but we'll just have, yeah, less shots mm-hmm. of it. I think there's really only like two minutes of alien screen time, both the party scene and then the final scene where we actually see it at all. Yeah. It's that classic sort of Jaws thing, isn't it, where the less you see the monster, the more frightening it is. I, I honestly think that the, that extended look at the monster at the end is probably the weakest part of the yeah. film for me. Yep. I would agree um, with that. It drags it down just a little bit because other than that, I probably would give this movie a big five stars. Mm. I'd go a four and a half. But you're right, Damo. I think I read in the first 90 minutes of this film, you get 11 seconds of Alien on screen. Mm-hmm. And then I think it goes up to a minute and a half Amazing. with the, yeah. the final sort of scene. Man. Which is yeah. just, yeah. Which is great because, again, it's crazy. It, it shows you what the movie's actually about, which is a family dealing with this weird terrifying situation which like i mean so many horror movies can can take a leaf out of that book like we said it's it's almost not a horror yet that one's that one party scene i think in brazil or whatever it was yep lists up there as one of the scarier scenes in horror history which is wild to think but it's again it's because you've you've actually told it from a, a character point of view a person point of view and so when you see it, it becomes very real for you, the audience, because it's real for the people watching it. You're seeing it so much through their yep. eyes that they're like, <laughs> because it's on Steadicam, you're literally feeling what they're feeling, which is, holy fuck, this is real. It's This changes everything. It's Joaquin Phoenix watching that and then falling back into the cupboard. Beautiful. Yes. It's, yeah, it's the fact that the reactions in this all feel like very real to the scenario where mm. people either just accept it or they're like accepting it in a weird kind of that like the terror in um the brother's voice when he's telling the story about he was watching the tv and the bird just hit the air yes and it just dropped it's like there's something in the yeah. air like the, that that perspective is so good and i guess that's where the horror and the terror of it is is it's very small it's but even like that sequence in the in the in the basement when there's that line about they're they're distracting us with the door, and yeah, it's like that's very good. the coal shoot, and then you have the ha- like. There's so many little mm. 
But even like even the simple thing of bloody old mate smashing the light and then you're in the dark and it, like oh, there's so man. many little frightening bits yes. peppered through yep. a pretty rock solid film that Sean, I'll be honest, probably could be a five for me. However, there are two things that drag it down. One of them is that this family's great, except I don't know about you boys, but if I had a dog, uh, I wouldn't forget that it was outside, like a bunch of yep. fuckheads. I hate that. Yep. Oh, I hate that with all it's my the worst. heart. In the same way that I despise what your second point is going to be. And the second point is Mel Gibson's a piece of shit. <laughs> he's a huge piece of he's shit. He's a big piece of shit. It is a problem. And it, it really sucks. I'm annoyed that he's a piece of shit. He's, he's let a lot of people down. He's mm. let me down. I will say that there are quite a few earlier Mel Gibson films that I really I mm. quite love. Yep. And he's just such a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> it sucks. It just kills you, doesn't it? Because oh. you watch it and you, you try and distance the art from the person, but it's like on some level no. you just can't because it's like you are a fucking dog, yeah. mate. Yeah. You are a dog. Yep. His performance is quite good. That's, and that's the frustrating I'll, I'll thing. He's that. very good in It's very against type for Mel yeah, Gibson. Yeah, and that's what I found interesting. So I read two interesting things about Mel Gibson. One is that Mel Gibson himself sort of said this isn't uh, a kind of an unconventional role for him because he doesn't normally play characters, in his words, as introspective. So obviously he's dealing yeah. with a, a literal crisis of faith. And then also that M. Night Shyamalan, and this is what I agree with, but again, I agree with you guys and that he's a piece of shit, is that he chose Mel Gibson because he's the guy you believe would protect his family at all costs. Which he so is, but then he's also a piece of shit, and so it's this. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, did you read? Did you read who they were considering casting? Ooh. I mean, before Mel Gibson, Johnny Depp was talked mm-hmm. about, but originally they were going to go older with the character, and it was going to be. Um, oh fuck, Paul Newman. Oh, oh it was wow, be Paul Newman. Ooh. Yeah. And Clint Eastwood was in the mix as well, but it didn't. I don't know. Got rewritten. I almost feel like Clint. Ah, I was going to say Clint could have been too old, but then what was that movie he was in where he's real old? And then there was the um, the Asian kid that he was looking like, kind of Grand Grand Torino. He's old as hell. Like they old him up even further. Like his pants are around his nipples, and he still (laughs) kicks ass. He's so good at that. Paul Newman would have been exceptional, although it it would have almost definitely been. His last film, because I think his last film was Road to Perdition, which was also it was. also two thousand and three or four. It was about that year, yeah, yeah same year, right, same time. Yeah. What a great yeah. actor! The, he would have been really good, and I guess you then probably what shifted so that maybe the kids are uh, Joaquin's kids or maybe yeah. yeah. I mean, even I even Joaquin, I thought Joaquin was one of Mel Gibson's kids. Yeah, they're 19 years difference. That's oh, mad. Wow. Like, how are they brothers? How are they meant to be brothers? Jo- in this Joaquin scenario? was a last-minute addition, I think. I read Mark Ruffalo had the role. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure what the age difference is between Ruffalo and, and Phoenix. It's probably not that much. True, but, um, yeah. yeah, he. I think he had um, cancer or that's something. That's right, yeah. Something. I read that he, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing where he, he, there's that story about how he had, uh, it was in his brain and he couldn't talk. Whew. Yeah. And that's why he's got like a little bit of palsy in his face and his speech is kind of weird. It's because, fuck, he tells this great story where basically he lost the ability to, he couldn't talk properly or move his face. Right. Yeah. And then he got out of the hospital after they cut it out of him. And it was something to do with like him and his wife. Like he'd been trying to like, couldn't do anything with his face and his hands were like no good. And he was trying to get his hand to, to like grip something properly. Shit. And he yeah. was trying that hard that he didn't realize he was actually smiling. Yeah. And his wife's like, you're grinning, and he's like, "It's the it's half of my face smiling. Like it's the worst." <laughs> There's photos of me doing it. It's the worst look of the world, but it's like the best, the best memory he ever had, like of being able to smile again. Yeah. Oh, Ruffalo, shit. if you made that, see, this is the thing with signs. When I was watching it, um, today, mm. the 
question was, you know, well, Mel Gibson's the problem. So if you recast him, but it's like, so Russell Crowe could slot into that, but I don't know if I believe Rusty is as much. We, I think we universally agree he's a big piece of shit. Yeah. However, he's so perfect in the role. Just let it, let it be. Unfortunately, redo it, redo it. Cast like McConaughey or bloody Mark. Cast Ruffalo now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Gibson as a priest who's lost faith in God. It's it's probably his last great role. Mm. I would Mm. think. Yeah. What has he done? I mean, there's no point even. I think he's done a lot of shit recently, so he probably hasn't done anything this good. He seems to mostly just get old, angry old man kind of roles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he playing did... Angry Santa in his oh, next shit. movie, which looks completely oh, insane. No I think he he after this was he made Passion. Oh, okay. And an Apocalypto. So I think this was one of his oh, last okay. actual acting roles before he then went to Crazy directing. Town. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And then and then he, beating he, up. He also the made The Beaver, the Jodie Foster film. Yeah. That was when they were but, trying to rehabilitate his image after he... Yep. After, so they were trying to rehabilitate him after he was anti-Semitic and then after that movie came out, he beat up his girlfriend. Yep. He just sucks. He sucks. Anyway. Piece of shit. And no more milk. <laughs> but yeah, and then I'll just... Sorry, i got to add one more thing. And then the stupidity of him being nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, yeah. For I, Hacksaw Ridge. It's yeah. like, we don't need to celebrate him... I think, I, yeah. The last thing I'll say on Mel Gibson as a piece of shit is that Hollywood are too desperate for him to have a big comeback. Yeah, and I fucking hate it. Yeah, he's not he's not Mickey Rourke, you know, mm. where Mickey Rourke was like a little bit fucked, but wasn't beating up, as far as I know, beating up his wife and being a, a Nazi mm. and had a comeback. And everyone was like, "Oh, what a great comeback!" You know, that's really good for him to mm. get. Yeah. That was more of a comeback of he. Did a lot of hard drugs and fell right. into it. He, he cleaned you know. him, he cleaned himself up. He wasn't just yeah. innately a piece of shit who said and did yeah, terrible I, I, things. They want him to be Robert Downey Jr. And the right. difference is Robert Downey Jr. was an alcoholic and a drug addict. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Mel Gibson is an alcoholic and a piece of shit. Right. The difference is is you're just either hurting yourself or you're hurting other people. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting, boys. You mentioned Robert Downey Jr. because his career was actually saved by Mel Gibson. Oh, get it. Was it really when he was when he was pre-Iron Man, when he was trying to make a comeback, no one would cast him in anything, and Mel Gibson produced the film The Singing Detective. And then after he did The Singing Detective, he got Iron Man, and he, he got wild. his career back. So he credits Mel Gibson with saving his Ugh. career. Um, yeah. But, I mean, there are a lot of people in Hollywood who deserve a second chance, and we're trying to give Mel Gibson his 20th chance. Right. It's just yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, good but this movie's good. But great film. This yeah. film, I'd, I'd love to get my hands on the screenplay, because fucking hell... The structure, the foreshadowing yeah. is particularly good, I think. In the first five or ten minutes, you get like the young daughter has the thing with the water glasses. Yes. Uh, the son's got the asthma. You already learn that Meryl, the brother, is a bit of a loser. Yeah, yeah. You can put together that Mel Gibson is probably some sort of religious person mm-hmm. who has lost his faith. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the shots is like a faded crucifix yeah, on the wall. That's and right. he says to the says to the cop, don't call me father. And yes. Already yeah. shit's going on and... It's fucking all happening, and yeah. the cop gives the kid the the idea to use the um the baby the baby monitor as a walkie-talkie. Yeah, they they lay everything out. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's what I love about it is it's all show don't tell. Yes, they're not just going. Oh, by the way, you know, and like even the 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 little girl with the water thing, and this is what this movie does a number of times throughout is played for laughs, and I think that's so good. Comedy is such a good cover for a future plot point. Yeah. For a movie like this, one, I honestly think, I get, we've talked about this before, but I think having little snippets of comedy throughout 
elevates your movie to something even better than it was going to yeah. be. As well as then you're using it in double time because you're then hiding these little snippets of, you think, oh, they've just put that in there so we have a bit of a chuckle. And then later it becomes the major plot point yes. of the movie. Yep. That is excellent. It was a lot funnier than I remembered on rewatch. It's yeah. very yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Can, yeah. can I say my favourite bit of comedy in the whole film? Can I guess it? Okay, see if you can guess it. It's when there's something on the roof and Meryl and... Um, and Mel Gibson have to uh, run outside. Is it that bit? That is a very good bit. But, Sean, I've, I've done you a disservice because it's not a bit that's necessarily a comedic bit. It's just the thing that made me laugh and I loved so much. It's the way Joaquin Phoenix wakes up. Oh, yeah. In the very first, like, 30 <laughs> seconds of the movie, Mel Gibson wakes up, hears the daughter screaming. Yeah. And then it cuts to Meryl and he, like, jumps and falls out of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very, very good. Yeah. But uh, I do love that I'm insane with anger. Yeah. I'm yes. going to beat your ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also, good. I love the idea that Mel Gibson can't swear. Oh, yeah. Like that For is him. The, yeah. That is almost the most unbelievable part of the whole movie. Yeah. 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 It's that bit where he's like, explain cursing. Yeah, explain yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a, oh, man. Oh, he's, just a, know, he's just a priest. Yeah. Do you know who we should give a second chance from this movie mm. is um the director, oh. Shyamalan. Give him, you know, he's had he's had some bumps along the way. He kind mm. of got back up with Split, which we I haven't seen. I haven't seen. Um, mm. He's apparently very good. We should probably do it for this podcast. Mm. Um, and Glass apparently wasn't that good. Eh. But you know, I think when he's on, he's 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 great. And I think the problem is people like he got stuck. Like he look, he's look, he's made some really bad stuff. But I just think he's clearly got the ability. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, like he, yeah, it's the- all there. The best parts of this movie was him at his best. And like I said, I actually think so the the twisty part at the end where it was like, oh, you should get your faith back because, look, uh, your wife basically told you all the things you needed to beat these aliens. I actually think that was on rewatch. That was the weakest part of the film because it was such a strong, well-crafted movie before that that it almost felt like he tacked that on at the end as like one, it's expected after Sixth Sense, and two, oh, here's a little bit of like almost magical realism, Stephen King, for you. Where I actually think, no, this is such a great concept. Like the fact this is such an isolated movie worked in so many ways. It worked that we liked our characters. It genuinely made it scarier because it was isolated. It wasn't the president. Like as soon as it, as soon as you see the president dealing with aliens. Well, there's that level of distance for you, the audience, because none of us, the president, nah, thank God. We're the guys who got blown up. That's the. <laughs> exactly we're watching Independence right. Day. We're gone. <laughs> we're done pretty early on. Exactly. So, like, he had, like, he had a ripping story, great concept, um, you know, giving almost a real world version of what would it look like for average Joe if aliens came on the scene. And then, yeah, that little bit at the end, which normally I, I'm all for. Like I said, as a kid, that tickled my bone. Good time. And even as an adult, I can still be like, oh, look, adult Damien still kind of loves it. But because the rest of it was so good, I actually thought it wasn't as necessary. Yep. Um, Damo, that's that's a good point because the criticism that I've seen of this film is that it falls away at the end because you have mm-hmm. that sort of faith meets magic realism, mm-hmm. but you also have aliens at the same time. And the theory being that you can't have both. Yeah, that's a really good point. If God exists, aliens don't exist. Yeah, that's right. The audience can probably only swallow one of those things. And right at the end, you shove two in their face. Mm. And that's why it just doesn't sit. Because I think everything leading up to that is like legitimately like a director, like uh, the master of his craft. He's in absolute control. Oh, yeah, yeah. These these scenes, I actually made a note of it during 
watching it, which I don't even normally do, but I just had to make it, which is that these scenes are so tight. They literally achieve what they need to and then yep. we move on, which is like yep. for screenplay, like we said, we love a tight 90. That's what you need to do. You need to get in, deliver it in a way that's believable, even if the timing technically isn't because you're getting yep. these facts across hard and fast and then you get the fuck out. And he, like so many scenes are just that. And like we said before, it's showing, not telling. It is it is really well done. Yeah, now there's some, there's just like, I don't hate aspects of the ending i think if if you literally just downplay it a little bit so that it's it's and i, I think it's more powerful if it's just they are coincidences mm. but he's got his faith back yeah so he believes that they're miracles now yeah rather than have rather than have the dead dying wife predict right. everything however it does give me my favorite moment which is the swing away now yeah, oh yeah. it's great yeah. which is lovely oh. yeah but yeah i agree even if it was him choosing to believe like even if you just had the water and we could go well that's coincidence but he's not he's going no that's that's a higher power helping us out yeah Yeah. great he can still get his faith back you can still actually achieve this character's journey but you don't need to tell the the audience oh no by the way that was god telling him that like uh, i just didn't need it another just one more thing i'd like to comment on is that Mm. we did a film recently called uh mirrors and that had a (laughs) mirrors mirrors that had <laughs> starring <laughs> That had a music score that I think disrupted the flow of the film at times. Yes. The score of this is one of the very best I've heard in a mm. horror sci-fi mm-hmm. movie. I think it's fucking Absolutely outstanding. Agree. Absolutely. It's yeah. iconic, I reckon. Yeah. Have you it's have phenomenal. you since used that when you've been writing? Uh yeah, yeah, I have. Nice um, particularly the bit that kills me emotionally mm-hmm. is in the film when it's the swing away bit, but it's uh, when Graham has his son and he carries him outside and the music just builds to such a point where yep. it's like your heart's getting ripped apart in that moment of the film. The ending does bother me a little bit, but it's kind of like I'm sailing towards five stars and then it just it's a little bit of wind and it just knocks me off course a little bit. Yeah. But it doesn't diminish the fact that I really love the film. Yeah, yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. All right. Well, then I will ask, were we scared? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 
Fuck yeah. So yeah, we've talked about that Brazil scene, which was just so beautifully done. <sighs> the the steady cam, the fact that we're totally with the audience watching that scene uh, unfurl and that perfect delivery of just getting that snippet of the alien crossing the scene. It is, it is, it is properly alien. It's properly disconcerting. And then it's gone. And then you're like, it's so quickly on the screen and off the screen mm. and that you're just left going, holy fuck. Was, what yep. did we say? You, you get that terrifying, it's weird. So the music's really, there's a, there's a beat in the music as well that mm. scares the shit out of you just talking about how great the music yeah, is. Yep. But there's a, um, when, when they, because they replay it through once or twice and when they replay it the second time, you get like the Jaws music, but the Jaws music is that kid saying it's behind. Mm, mm. And you're like, nah, nah, don't watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Don't fucking show me this shit again. Yeah. It's behind. It's fucking gone. Yeah. They drop the music out. Yeah. And then they just like let it linger. And you you actually find this if you lean forward in the screen. Mm. Yep. And then it comes out. Yep. And then he fucking watches again and pauses the screen. Oh. And it's like, it shouldn't be as scary anymore when it's paused. Because right. once you've got that full on look at it, but it's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Because it's kind of undefined and grainy. Yes. And, Oh, and its proportions it's are wrong. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly it, right. I will say, I think it looks completely different in that footage than it does when you see it at the end of the film. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. So I actually read that originally he, I, I may be getting this slightly wrong, but here's what I think I read, <laughs> uh, is that he originally had a woman. Yep. Uh, he, he wanted the dimensions of a woman for these alien because so often when we see aliens, even if they're greys or whatever, they've still got a bit of masculinity to them. So he wanted to have a woman to kind of give it uh, that, alternate dimension as well as still being alien so if my memory is right that one is a woman but later on he thought oh no actually no it it doesn't have the height it doesn't have you know the dimensions that we that if you have a real tall skinny guy it kind of creates a bit of that alien effect and so then the final one is actually a different person and it's a dude yeah i've read that yeah was that correct oh good yeah he didn't think that he didn't think a woman the, the the woman version of it looked physically imposing enough. That was it. But I would argue that the the female version is way scarier yes. than the one oh, we see at the end. Yeah. But I think maybe that's that's timing though too, because yes. you linger on that one for a while. Yeah. Like, but also again, when you're not like that that sequence, there's a the other moment for me that is my scariest moment, and I don't know what mm-hmm. it is for you boys, but it's the bit where Gibbo's out in yes. the Cullen field, uh, having a look. Yep. Tell that, that it's like what I love about it is that great thing of fear that I think everyone does where like a dog's barking and you talk out loud to the dog being like this is going to be stupid because there's that 10% part of you being like there's a murderer there like what if the dog's right so you have to you have to verbalize it to feel braver so you get that so I'm already on edge and then you have that terrifying bit where it's clearly the alien's perspective Mm -hmm. in the corn and there's that it makes that creepy little chirping noise behind his head and he drops the torch and it just lingers on the torch for so long and you're like, don't link, show me what's happening. Yeah, yeah. And that 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 scene I also read and like again I I agree I was that scene unnerved to me for sure I mean grass oh, sorry corn alone for whatever reason is creepy I mean I guess because Stephen King's made us <laughs> realize how creepy it can be plants are bad yeah it's no good but then yeah I read this really great fact which is it's almost affecting you on a, on a subconscious level because the crickets stop making sounds as soon as the aliens show up and this happens throughout the movie. And basically it happened because M. Night Shyamalan actually went to sort of do some research when writing this. And that was something that all all sort of the people he was talking to who live in these environments said is that you know a predator is there because everything goes quiet. Oh. You actually have this sort of continual background sound that you almost don't register until it's not there anymore. Until it's gone. And so when the crickets oh. stop, you know there is a predator about. Yeah. The the sound design in this movie, like it's it's 
the music score is brilliant, but mm-hmm. it's when they're not even using that, when it's just the sound design yeah. kills you. It's the scariest bit. Tom, I, I'm... That's probably my scariest bit too is the one you're talking about, but it's the bit after when he shines the torch and you just get a glimpse of the leg. Yeah. And then he yeah. just shits himself. Yes. And then it's yep. it's so scary watching him run back through the cornfield. Yeah. Because you're like, what if, it, what if it's there? Yeah. yeah. As well as oh. like both he and us can't deny that it's real anymore. Yeah. We've seen it now. Yep. It's It's real. Yeah. But it's still undefined. It's still like a... For sure. For yeah, him, yeah. it's so quick that it's like, well, what the fuck was that? Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, yeah, that is terrifying. And so is the pantry scene. Yeah, well. I, I got a jump scare with the, the hand under the door, for yeah. sure. Yeah. The, even the first time when he puts the knife under there, your heart is jackhammering so oh, hard because yeah. you're like, yeah. something's going to yeah. show up in the reflection of that knife. Yeah. And it doesn't. But <laughs> he plays the scene brilliantly. Uh-huh. It's really well written because it's, it's Gibbo being like, pretending to be a cop. Yeah. He's like... Uh, this is the poli- I'm the police. This is the police. <laughs> you are in trouble. And it's just like, ah, oh. so you're having a bit of a laugh and then suddenly, yeah, the whole knife yeah. thing. It's a really unnerving. A, there's too many unnerving yeah. scenes. Yeah, well, and like the it. other thing I like about that scene that I sort of thought, oh, that's well written, is when he puts the knife under, has a look, doesn't see anything, gets up, goes, walks away. And so you've got that moment of, oh, thank goodness. And he's walking to the door. He gets all the way to the front door. And stops, and you're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. So, like, now you just prime that, like, well, something is definitely going to happen. Like, me just as a movie watcher, know something is going to happen now. Yeah. So yeah, really well done. And then the last scene that I think got me was really just a moment because I forgot that it happened was when he smashed the light globe. Oh yeah. So he he grabs the what was it that he grabs the axe? Yeah, the pickaxe. Yeah. Yeah, and then so you're immediately like, "Yes, we've got a weapon." Oh, lights out! Shit! Yeah. Shit! 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 That was really well. That was perfectly timed. And the hand, the hand grabbing the. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah, Coming out of the um, the coal, yeah. Which leads into my favorite. I think it's my favorite scene in the movie where the kid's having the asthma attack and, um, and Graham's trying to calm him down, and he just loses it. And in that moment, he just tells God that he hates him. Yeah, Yeah, I I just, I actually really love that that moment. Powerful, yeah. It's great. Yeah. What I love is they they do a lot of with the scary stuff too, but even with the dramatic moments, is they don't necessarily, Mm -hmm. um. Shyamalan doesn't actually show you necessarily what you should be seeing. Like, he'll show you a torch on the ground. Like, yeah. when the kid gets grabbed, yes. they drop the torch and it's just on the daughter's legs for, like, 20 seconds. Yeah. Or when when Gibson's having that massive rant at God and he's trying to get his son to breathe mm-hmm. again, it's just Joaquin's face watching yeah. it. They, and there's so many great... Like, um, when they're chasing, chasing it around the barn roof and it's just Meryl looking up at the roof being like, mm. how did it get... Like, looking shocked... They, they do so much by just showing you, again, make, heighten the fear and heighten the terror by not showing you what it is, but showing you people's reactions to it. Reactions. Yeah. Just yeah. like Gibson coming home from being in the cornfield and you get the shot of the mm. kids at the sink and Meryl's on the couch and he just comes in and sits down at the table and just doesn't say yeah. anything. And you're like, yeah. this is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like re- using reactions is such a powerful tool. I actually read this great... Um, interview i can't remember if it was with ricky gervais or with michael Schur. it was one of the guys who who did either the english office the american office but they talked about the fact that you the way to to get the awkwardness from the office is not to show michael scott being a dickhead it's to show his co-workers reaction to him being a dickhead yeah and and that pained silence and hold in that silence and it's all about the reaction that's how you actually get the effect you're looking for Mm. and yeah i totally agree with that when you mentioned the the torch on the ground, I thought, oh, yeah, that was beautifully done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, did our characters act wisely or foolishly? Yeah. 
No. I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> well, they because fucked the, the dog up. That's because the big of the, mistake. Because of the dog, yeah. Definitely yeah. a dog. Like, I just hate that. I hate they get to the end and they're just like, oh, no, we forgot. And it's like, how mm. could you forget? Makes yeah. me think that kid killed the other dog on purpose. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> Maybe he hates dogs. Maybe the aliens are good and they're just trying to kill this little psychopath before he goes up and murders a whole town. They came to Earth to save dogs. Yeah, yeah. Right. From from the dog Zodiac killer Rory Culkin. Right. Macaulay Culkin 2.0. It was I, I forgot, probably because I didn't even know who Macaulay Culkin was the first time I watched this, but my God, he's a clone of Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. It oh, is yes. wild. Yeah. They all are. Like, if you look at, uh, so there's what, three of them? Rory, Kieran, yeah. and Macaulay. They all look... The same. Yeah, mm. it's uncanny. They, they almost oh, should wait. be the children of the corn. Is Kieran the one in Scott Pilgrim? Kieran's one in Scott Pilgrim, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Rory. No, nah, Rory's right. in um. I didn't know there was a third. I think. No, there's three. Mm. So yeah. Kieran's the one who plays the other brother in Home Alone mm-hmm. with the glasses. And then there's Rory, who's the youngest oh. one. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, him killing the dog, like after the fact, it almost feels a bit unnecessary. Like it definitely sort of raised the tension early, I guess. But I... I don't know what it achieved overall because it just did make me think, oh, this kid's a bit weird rather than, oh, there's aliens about. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I I don't know. I think they were trying to imply that the alien presence is making the dogs go insane. Right. But yeah, no, that's probably not the, that's not the tightest part of a generally Mm. pretty tight script. Yeah. Otherwise, like I really don't have too many complaints. Um, Look, I, I think the kid acted pretty well. Obviously, this is pre-internet, which is makes it very interesting. It would be, it would be actually really interesting to redo this in our current age where where you've not only got the internet so you can get the facts, but you've also got the internet so you can get the wrong facts. Yeah. yeah. Like you can get all the conspiracy theorists. Like I think that would be really interesting. Mm. But I like that the kid went straight to the bookstore, found the one book they had on aliens <laughs> and and was immediately doing some research. Like that's pretty smart. There's speaking of just what we're talking about doing research, I watched a movie recently, boys, that we might have to do, but um in it, this boy's convinced someone's a witch, and because it's set now, mm. he has access to the internet. Okay, uh, and he goes on a website called Witchipedia. <laughs> I fucking love. I would love to create a guidebook of a coffee table book of fake websites from movies <laughs> or like like fake search engines when yeah. they obviously can't use Google yeah. or something. So yeah, they've got Schmoogle or whatever. Fuck. Anytime <laughs> you see a character whip out Bing, you're like, fucking hell, no one's doing that. <laughs> you're like, how much did Microsoft pay to have that one scene? <laughs> um, well, the other point that I thought, oh, look, that's a bit dumb, was when uh, Gibbo let the family have a vote, should we go to the lake mm, or should yeah. we stay at the house? I'm like, yeah. you literally have aliens on your doorstep. It's not even a. It's not even a question mark at this point. You know they they've made a giant crop circle in your backyard. Get as far away as possible. I don't understand why they thought the house was the safer option there. Well, no, I, I kind of I bought into that because I think he's not the strongest decision maker for one. Sure. And two, the kids really get in with the whole. I don't want to leave because this is mum's house. Yeah, look, yeah, that's like, quite good. Actually. To leave is to give up on their mum to some extent. Yeah. So I, I I kind of bought that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that worked. Uh, one thing that I think they were foolish. They didn't really weapon up at all. Yep, yep. Like, they kind of, like, found an axe. I don't even know if it was an axe now. They found, you know, a weapon mm. when they were in the basement. But they didn't, I, I don't know. No, I yeah. like, making all sorts of weapons. Totally. Surely they live on a farm. they got a gun. Right. Yeah. How come at no point Meryl thought, I'm going to grab the baseball bat? Like, why did it come to that at the end? Yeah. It was a cool thing to happen. Sure. But, like, they don't grab knives. They don't grab anything. Yes. No, I agree with that. Because we, we see them bordering up the house. Yep. They also forget the tinfoil hats. Sorry, Damo. But they forget the hats. Right. Yeah, <laughs> they do forget the hats. They've even got the scene of him coming home to see all three of them with the hats on <laughs> is a thing of yeah. beauty. 
But yeah, yeah, they don't use the hats. And then, yeah, we see them bordering up the house. The aliens are literally like knocking on the door and they're all sort of huddling together near the stairway. Mm. And then they eventually go down to the basement. But yeah, that's the point where you've got to be going, oh shit, fucking grab some weapons. Yeah, like they had time guys. to prepare and they kind of yeah. chewed up all of that time on that very nice dinner, family dinner scene, which was, a, oh, I think, a really, really strong scene. It was beautiful. Powerful, powerful scene. But yeah, for sure. weapon up, man. Yeah. But also, there's a point too where... Um, because initially the the son Morgan is kind of like we don't know what they want we don't know if, we don't know if they're hostile or not like you know we don't know that we don't know that so that's why he votes to stay yeah and then there's a point later on where he's like they're hostile I think it's when they kill the dog no nah, no nah, it's before that it's bu- it's before that is it's it? when yeah it's when more of the lights appear above the crop oh, on the TV and he's like it's they're all with one mile it is a map Joaquin's like it is a map and then the the, the son is like ah. Oh, they are hostile. Yeah. At that point, they still have the opportunity to leave and go to the lake, and they don't take it. Mm. Uh, I, I, I don't know. That first, time. I was like, I don't have that enough time. They might, but though. they've already boarded up the house at that point, have they not? Yeah, but here's the thing: if you're in a car and you're fanging it, yeah. what are they going to do? Because that, because it, because let's let's be real: if the aliens were going to use their spaceships, their house is fucked. Mm. But you sure. don't know what they're going to do. I think they just, I think they just, they reach a point where they're like, fuck. We we have no mm. option here. Is it also that they actually choose to stay at the house, and in Mel Gibson, back in Mel Gibson's mind, he's like, "Great, we're going to have a last meal because we're actually going to." Yeah, I think he's oh, accepted 100%. death in that yeah. scene. Yeah. Definitely, that, that last meal scene is so well done in that it starts like it's, it is the point of most terror, and then he manages to finally like step up and be a dad and make this weirdly positive thing while also telling us the audience that that he believes they're going to die. They're going to make all their favorite foods, and then once they start eating. And the tension cranks up when the kids start questioning him and he's just refusing to acknowledge anything what they're saying. He's like, no, we're eating, we're having fun. Oh, that yeah, was that yeah. was probably my favourite scene of the whole movie, I reckon. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan said that he wanted to make a movie where the scariest thing in it is that a good man could lose his faith in God, basically. Ooh. And that, I think, is the key. I mean, obviously, there's a scene in the basement where he literally tells God he hates him. Yeah. But it's in that dinner yep. scene where it's like, yep. He has no faith that they will survive. I'm not going to waste another minute on yeah. prayer. Yeah. That's that sets him off. That's right. Because one of the kids wants to pray. Yeah. There's. Oh no. Because yeah. No. No. You're absolutely right. I take it back. They choose to stay at the house because they're they're choosing that they're potentially not going to survive. Because then when he's down in the basement, he's like, I'm not ready mm. to go. Yeah. When he's holding the door handle, he realizes that he actually doesn't yeah. want to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all right, look, they make some mistakes, but maybe leaving. No, no, you know what? Fuck, they could still leave. He could have that moment yeah. earlier. He's a piece of shit. Get out. Get out. He's a bad dad. <laughs> well, how would we do? Are, are we? How, what is our scenario? Is it just the three of us living in a house? Do we have children somehow? Are we living I in a I think we're just farmers. I think we're farmers. I think we're just farmers living yeah. together. Yeah. Three boys bought the farm. Classic situation of three yep. farm boys living together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> out in Nanagoon, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Got the tall grass down there. So it's a dairy farm. I actually like that. Yeah, Carney, we are at your pla- your parents' place in yeah, Nanagoon. Okay. Yep. You found a crop circle in the in the tall grass, I guess, because you didn't have corn down there. Yeah. What happens next? I immediately shit myself and die. <laughs> right. <laughs> like again, this is classic skatey boys where we're like, well, it's definitely a, like it's a That's, crop circle. What more do you need? That, you're right. Again, this is our strength. We would see it and leave. Yep. I think we would leave immediately. <laughs> yeah. But where would we go? Like, because yeah. we don't have that knowledge of let's go to the water. Right. That doesn't really exist in our. No, mind, we probably we, what we probably do is we probably try to work out what's going on mm. with the preparation of leaving, and then we might learn that there's others, and then we're like, oh, they could be everywhere. So mm. the, I reckon, I reckon we'd be okay. I reckon we would be doing a Ray Ready, 
Um, we'd be getting to the lake or going down the coast. Phillip Island's pretty close, and that's an island. So if we can get to Phillip Island, I reckon we're safe. That's true. Mm. We've just got to get in that car and survive for about 70 minutes. Yeah. I think we could. Yeah. Can we do that, though? Yeah. But how many attacks do we have to absorb before we decide to leave? This is true. Also, we would uh, we would not forget the, the pets. They would be coming with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we would have weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like we, know, we now know watching the film, these things don't like water. How do they feel about fire? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, don't. Strengthens them. Yeah, makes them yeah. stronger. Oh. Makes them 10 times as big. Damn it. <laughs> they just grow. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I think the idea is, though, so let's just say we're at your parents' farm. Yeah. But we, can't, we can't leave without your dad or something. Right? <laughs> okay. And he's like, fuck off. It's not aliens and dickheads. <laughs> so we've now got to spend... We've got to, we've got to convince your old yeah. man that we need to leave the farm and go to Phillip Island. Oh, but he won't want to leave. He was like, I was born here, boy. We're gonna we're gonna defend it. Yeah. And then all around us, cows are disappearing, milk is disappearing. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Like my theory is it's like, look, it's a similar thing where we've got to kick over the stones. So we've got to stay until we see an alien and it yeah. starts coming yeah. for and us, basically. How would we fend in a fight? Yeah, I think we don't leave. I think we have yeah. to it's a last stand type situation. Right. So we're all no, there. Not necessarily. <laughs> I, I have two two things that I think will make us Potentially have a chance, and they both do have involved the the water aspect of it. So our initial and our initial sort of thought is to run away physically. We can't do that. Carney's dad refuses to leave. Yep. We 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 refuse to leave him on his own. So we decide to bunk it down. Well, no. Let's let's pretend we're good enough to okay. to not leave your to not leave your dad to the okay. aliens. So if we can't leave physically, we choose to leave mentally and just get on the drink. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we've both got, yep. we've all got open cans or open bottles when these aliens attack. At some point, one of us is spilling our, our grog onto the aliens, and then it's happy days. Because then they're like, oh, no, I don't like that. This is true. And we're like, you know, hey. <laughs> I think we've probably all watched the Brennan Fraser film, The Mummy, at some point now, childhood. <laughs> yep. I yes. think we'll have a lot of alcohol in us, and when we see the alien, we'll channel Brennan Fraser and just scream in its face. Yep. And when we scream... Oh, a little bit of alcohol, a little we bit of saliva. <laughs> It'll start to burn its skin and then we'll go, hang on, hang on. But we'll be too drunk to put it together and we'll die. Yeah. We'll die happy though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it for two reasons. One, because I've been waiting my whole life to channel breaded Frasier. <laughs> and two, I actually think if we drink enough, there's a good chance we'll vomit on it. We'll be so afraid. Our stomachs will all be curdling. Yep. We've probably had some milk because it's a bloody dairy farm. That's true. We've yep. mixed that with beer. We're, we're the Milky Boys, so... <laughs> <laughs> all that comes into this explosive concoction that is going straight in the alien's face. Burns it to shit. We're home free. We're home. I think the other thing too, boys, don't just count the fact that if we see an alien, the high chance we will piss ourselves. Oh, oh. more than Oh, my God. But I think milk. I think the milk sets us free. The milk will set you free. I wonder if they even get to the opportunity to attack us because they'll right. land on a dairy farm and start milking those cows, and then the milk will just burn a hole in them. Yeah, be dead. We'll just be like, everyone, grab a cow and start milking. <laughs> can you fire a cow's udder like a machine? We can now. Gun? We can now. Great. <laughs> oh boys, this is our best one yet. We have, uh, look, I don't want to yep. use the word heroes, but I'm going to. We're heroes. Milky Boys <laughs> versus the aliens. Milky Boys yeah. always win. <laughs> it's one to the Milky Boys, or it's the aliens. Well, that is all the scaredy talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And if any of you scaredy listeners have any comments, would like to say hi, tell us some movies to watch, 
tell us how to beat aliens, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually, I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Awkward Trade. Stay milky, everyone. Fuck off, it's not aliens, you dickheads. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.